Assembly family, we're so excited that you chose to join us for worship this morning. If you're with us every week, or if this is your first time ever joining us for online worship, we are so excited to have you here. Would you take just a moment and fill out the Connect card that our online service host has dropped in the chat? Again, we're so excited to have you joining us. Welcome to the Assembly. We hope you enjoyed worship this morning. Singing is one of our greatest ways to worship God. Another way that we worship God here at the assembly is through giving. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 verse 21, Wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We believe that as you give to God, you're continuing to worship in spirit and in truth. Because you're showing that your money belongs to God, that your treasure belongs to God, and therefore your heart belongs to God. We like to make giving incredibly easy here at the assembly. You have three ways to give. You can give online at theassemblyflorence.org. You can navigate to the top right-hand corner if you're on a desktop and click on the Give Now button. If you're on a mobile device, tablet, or smartphone, you can click on the three lines for the menu, click the Give Now button. Both of those Give Now buttons are going to navigate you to our online giving platform. You can also give via text message. If you text the number 77977 with a message that says SC Assembly Give, all one word, you'll receive a link to our online giving platform. You can also give via mail by mailing either a check or money order to The Assembly, 2925 West Palmetto Street, Florence, South Carolina, 29501. Again, Thank you for giving to the assembly. Thank you for joining us. And we hope that the rest of this service blesses and encourages you. Hey, assembly family. I want to take just a quick moment to invite you to be a part of an exciting new time here at the assembly. Our broadcast ministry is exploding. We are online on Facebook and YouTube every week on Sunday, and we are on Facebook every Wednesday. We want to invite you to join our team and join this ministry of the assembly. We're looking for production directors. We're looking for camera operators. We're looking for lyric presenters, and we're looking for online chat hosts. These are all areas that we can train you and teach you every aspect of the job. You do not need any prior experience. So if you're interested in any of these opportunities, please send an email to info at theassemblyflorence.org. Again, that is info at theassemblyflorence.org. We look forward to having you partner with this ministry to reach thousands of people every week for the kingdom of God. Thank you and God bless. Let's thank the Lord for our pastor. Hallelujah. 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 Give God some praise. Come on. Give him a high praise. He deserves glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, bless the Lord. Oh, bless the Lord, oh my soul. 
I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. How many of you really believe that? Are you just kind of saying it because I'm saying it? That you are glad that you are here. You are excited that God has given you an opportunity to fellowship one more time. There are folks that are lying quite, quite cold and solid in the morgue that would wish for an opportunity to just be here. And I'm not satisfied to just be here. I, 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 I don't even believe that I've done God justice with the kind of praise that I give him. I think he deserves so much more. Uh, my tongue isn't, isn't long enough. My, my breath is not good enough to, to give him the kind of praise that he deserves. Would you uh, just give God a high praise once more for me? Just a high praise. You're online. Give God. Come on, you're online. Give God a high praise. Woo! Hey, hey, hey. Somebody needs to just give God. Woo! Hallelujah. Oh. Oh. You look at your life and you, you've seen all the stuff you've been through. And one side of your mind says, lay down and just cry. One side of your head says, give up and just die. One side of your soul says, just roll over and let it go. But there is a God side in us, hallelujah, that says, I know who my Redeemer is. I know that my Redeemer lives. Hallelujah. Hey. Oh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. We are in a very important season of elections. And if you're listening to me this morning, I'm asking you not just to vote with your mind, but vote with God's heart. For too long we have voted with our mind, hoping that things would change. It's time we've tried all the other ways. I admonish you not only to vote. It's a God-given opportunity. You could have been born in a country where there is already in place a dictatorship. And as we see in Russia, any attempts to create new leadership is met with things like being almost poisoned to death. Anyone familiar with that story? Yeah, yeah. So be, be really thankful that you can literally go and put your, your mark on, on the screen. The other thing is be committed to having God lead you. 
shut out all of the flurries and all of the stuff. I've heard so many uh, ads on TV. It's, I'm sick. I'm just, I, I, I can't, I'm gagging. I'm gagging. I've heard so much of these ads on TVs, on TV. And when I look at it quite often now, I feel like somebody's looking at me through the screen and calling me stupid. Have you get, do you get that feeling? And when you get that feeling, like I've gotten many times, uh, Holy Spirit has said, just said, let me and you talk and I will lead you. Is that what the Holy Spirit is for? He will lead and guide you into what? Into what? Into what? Into what? The Holy Spirit will lead and guide you into what? Come on, somebody isn't saying it loud enough. They need to hear it on, on the, the, our streaming network. The Holy Spirit has been sent, not just to give you power, but to lead and guide you into what? Again. Again. All truth. All truth. All truth. All truth. Don't be surprised if you are at the pole and you don't know what to, what to do yet. You're undecided and you get up there and you say, Lord, guide me. And as soon as you get to the screen, he tells you what to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor Ron. Thank you, worship team. Man, we got an awesome worship team. Thank you for praying, worship leaders and everyone else. Thank you all. Thank you. For those who are traveling, we've got several people who are traveling. Sister uh, uh, Angela uh, Jacobs is traveling, I believe. She's uh, had a funeral, a family member, uh, the past, and she traveled to Baltimore to actually be God's emissary as a minister in that atmosphere. Uh, and we've got several others that we have been praying for you very diligently. Very diligently. Very diligently. Those who have been supporting us financially, Pastor Ron said it. I want to add a, a little drop there. Uh, by faith, we have reached out and invested our benevolence giving into areas of real need and I can tell you God has promised and kept his word he said according to your faith so be it unto you and our faith in God replenishing the pot has been uh, what's the, the verse that says uh, running over good measure pressed down Shaking together. I'm telling you, God is shaking stuff up. He's putting it running over. And it's just, I, I don't even know how what to say. God is just saying, you be accountable. You live with an open hand and an open heart. And I'm going to fill it. I'm going to fill you to overflowing. Hallelujah. Father, this morning, as your word comes forth, your word is already blessed. Your word is blessed. It does not need another blessing. Your word comes from you. It's authoritative. It is, uh, it's adequate. It's over the top enough. 
and uh, it needs no blessing on it. But I, as your servant, I, oh God, need your help. I need your unction to function. I need your Holy Spirit to guide my tongue as I lead your people into the paths of righteousness. As I speak your word, oh God, let me decrease and your glory and your presence increase. Father, we thank you again for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I do hope that everyone has been following us online. Uh, on our Wednesday night Bible study, we have just kicked off what is probably going to be a three-part series on grace. And uh, we looked at Second uh, Corinthians where Paul took us through uh, some of what God had revealed to him. And I don't think you can truly understand the importance of God's grace in your life unless you understand the fact of this in the story that Paul related to us. You got to follow that. You got if you haven't started last Wednesday, would you go back and listen to that? And then we will continue this Wednesday. Uh, this Sunday today, God has put something on my heart that I believe is connected to even that. Uh, if you can, look with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 9, and our, our text will be from verses 35 through 38. 35 through 38. I'm going to read from the New King James Version of the Bible. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion for them. Because they were weary and scattered like sheep, having no shepherd. 37. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest, to send out or send forth laborers into the harvest. I would like to use for a topic today, you can't fake compassion. You can't fake compassion. Would you look at the person next to you and just tell them that? You can't fake compassion. Compassion literally means to suffer together. To suffer together. To carry my pain with me and for me. It's the character of God in Christ. It's the characteristic of both God and Christ. And should be 
operating in every believer. Compassion is that drawing, that, that agitation of the innermost parts at the sight of distress or miserable objects or people around you. It's sad to say that in our world today, we see more compassion between human beings and animals than we see between humans and humans. It is as if the whole world is saying, I will be compassionate to you, but don't talk. If you can shut up and do what I want you to do, when I want you to do it like a dog or a cat, that I can pour compassion out on you whenever you need it. But real compassion causes inner revolt, action of be, being compelled to bring deliverance from every unlawful or unhuman thing that happens around you as a human being. Jesus used compassion nine times in the New Testament, eight outside of the passage that we just read. I must say among emotional researchers, uh, compassion is defined as the feeling that arises when you are confronted with another's suffering. And you feel motivated to relieve that suffering. Compassion is not the same as empathy. Empathy is understanding what the person is going through and sharing the feeling that they have. But that's not compassion. Altruism is good. Very good. It's, it's, it's a selfless concern for the well-being of another person. And that's good. We should all have empathy and altruism. But the reason compassion is so different is because you literally have to get into the pain. You have to walk through the suffering with the other person. Can I tell you that you cannot experience true compassion outside of Christ? There is no way for you to feel the inner pain, the suffering that is really going on be behind the smile in the grocery store, unless Jesus is in you. If you have been feeling good about compassion and you have not had a strong relationship with Jesus Christ, I am sorry to tell you, you have not 
really experience true compassion. Hmm. The idea of caring so deeply that you are emotionally and mentally drawn to carry the anguish and pain of another is a place where <laughs> we as humans seldomly get to. And I'm going someplace. You got to hear this from me as we build. We seldomly get to. And if we do, our own broken humanity will only allow us a certain period of time to connect to someone else's pain. We have only a season. Most of us can only deal with somebody else's pain for a couple of days. Have you noticed that as we have moved closer and closer to the return of Christ, that you find yourself crying at a funeral today? Or this morning? And by this afternoon, you're biting on a chicken leg and just talking about other stuff? That you remember the pain and you remember the suffering periodically. But today, the connection with the pain and suffering of others is not handled, is not felt, is not processed in the same way human beings did 30 years ago. Something is happening and the adversary is at the center of trying to keep you from being compassionate. We can look at guys like Mahatma Gandhi and Mother Teresa. Gandhi said while almost dying in his prison cell on a 21-day hunger strike, no water, no food for 21 days, he said, this is a God-given opportunity that has come to me to offer my life as a final sacrifice to the mistreated and the downtrodden. To you and I, that sounds like, wow! But can I say, he ain't anywhere close to the kind of compassion that God is talking about. Mother Teresa, whose compassion for those in anguish fueled her to physically put herself in harm's way to serve and also found the missionaries of charity, a Roman Catholic religious congregation that grew to over 4,500 Nuns serving in 133 countries. Before her death, she so touched millions of downtrodden people that the Catholic Church recognized her as one of its canonized saints after she died. That she was someone of exceptional compassion, according to our reckoning. 
And still, she doesn't make the grade with godly compassion. Hmm. Let me explain the truth the best way I can attempt at compassion. It is only when a person is physically, socially, spiritually, mentally, completely interactive with God, then compassion comes out. Let me go even deeper. The reason there is no comparison between the compassion that you see around us in the world and the compassion that God is trying to sow into you is because there has to be an understanding of godly compassion and before we invite God in to turn compassion up in us. First fact, and you can see it mostly in two scriptures. Jeremiah 1.5, as I was going through this, I was up probably until one last night, just kind of chewing on this and saying, God, I, the more I dig into this, the less, the less compassionate I feel. Jeremiah 1.5 says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you as, I would say, my mouthpiece to the nations. And then after Jeremiah says that, about 700 years before Jesus comes on the scene, Isaiah says in Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5, Surely, he bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. Mind you now, 700 years before Jesus appears on the earth, Isaiah is talking about what will happen. Yet, we esteem him stricken. Smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. Okay, so, okay, okay, okay. Somebody hasn't gotten those two scriptures together. So let's work on that for a moment. So because God has been in the past, in the present, and in the future, and been God all by himself, he doesn't just walk through my emotional and physical and suffering and pain with me in the now like human beings do or attempt to do but the God that we are serving 
But the God that we are submitting to. Way, 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 way before. Suffering arrived at my doorstep. He was suffering for me. Oh, hallelujah. Okay. Okay. We don't get that as yet. Before you were born, he knew you. Before the suffering that he already knew you would go through whenever you were born in the flesh, he was already dealing with it before you got here. Jesus, hallelujah. Okay, I got to take a breath right there. Are you telling me that he knew about my pain before I was born, Frank? That before he came and was nailed to the cross, he was already dealing with all of the suffering that you and I would go through and presenting it to Papa. That he has been dealing with our pain and suffering, not just in the present, like every relative and friend that you've got. But he has been dealing with your pain and suffering before you ever were born. He saw it coming and he was already making representation for you. Before the sexual abuse of your childhood, he was in pain for you. Before the suffering of your illness and disease reached you in this life, he was already making an intercession for you before you got here. Who wouldn't want to serve a God like this? Who wouldn't want to serve a God that is more familiar with my pain and my suffering than I am because he was dealing with it before I got here? This is what makes Jesus a trumpet. With my life. He does. And no one else can. Show me love and compassion like Jesus. Would you, would you just look at somebody and say, nobody can do me like Jesus. Nobody can do me like Jesus. And nobody do me like Jesus. He's all right because he knew my pain before it got to me. Came and paid the price in the now on the cross. And then has already 
Given me the opportunity to hand my pain over to him so that in the future I will lay in his arms and I will enjoy the benefits of eternal life. Who wouldn't serve a God like that? You can't fake compassion. We spend all this time on compassion because we can't participate in the gravity and the magnitude of what Jesus himself says in verses 37 and 38 of our text. You got to understand his kind of compassion before we can move on to the to, to these verses right here. What's the what does 37 and 38 say in our text? It says, <clears throat> He said to them, The harvest is truly plentiful. But the laborers are few. The harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are true, are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Here's the first acknowledgement. You cannot emerge as a true laborer if God hasn't filled you with his compassion. It don't matter how much you read the Bible. It doesn't matter how much you say you pray. If God, through his Holy Spirit, is not functioning in you so that you walk into Walmart and as you pass people, you feel what they're not showing you on their face. That you are able in your devotion to cry and weep before God for people that you feel paid for that you never met. Do you see why I'm saying that you can't have a God type compassion except God gives it to you because his kind of compassion doesn't need to see the person to feel the pain his kind of compassion doesn't need to hear about their story Pastor Ron to feel compassion his kind of compassion doesn't need to be involved in their lives and see them on TV hurting and dying of the coronavirus to cry out and say Abba Father who art in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come let it come Papa let it come I feel the suffering I feel the pain of somebody I don't even know but I'm crying out Just like you did for me before I was born. Fill me with 
your compassion. So the first place that we land is that you cannot operate as a true ambassador, as, a, as an appointed emissary of Christ, as a, as a disciple, as an evangelist, as a priest unto God, bringing life and truth to others, unless you can be touched with the feeling of their infirmity like God is touched with the feeling of their infirmity. Do you understand that if you and I are filled with compassion, we can never hate? You don't see someone walking around with a broken hand hanging off the side of their elbow after a car accident before the paramedics get there and you just ride slowly by and don't stop. Something in you says, until the doctor gets here, I may not be a nurse, but I could stand right here and just hold him. Godly compassion. The second part to this, and the connection to the harvest, is that without godly compassion coming and emerging and being stirred up from deep within your soul, we will continue to do church in the wrong way. As I was praying, Pastor, Holy Spirit started to whisper in my ear and said to me, when last did you see an ear of corn walk over to the guy who's reaping it? Frank, have you seen that at all? That the guy in the combine at the time at which the corn or the wheat is ready to be harvested, pulls up besides the field, parks his combine on the side of the road, and here comes the corn marching right in. It's an impossibility, Sister Judy. And still, help me, Lord. We are functioning in a religious atmosphere, not just in America, but all through the world. Where we set up the right music, the worship team sings, and we get the drums right. We build the building just right. We keep the law nice and cut. We make sure the signs are, are nice and presentable. All in an effort to make sure the corn comes marching in. Yeah. 
It breaks my heart because I've been guilty. I say I want to be a God man like Paul. I want to do right by compassion. But everything about my Christian behavior says if you want to get reaped, then come over here. Godly compassion. Pastor Taylor, it pushes you to put yourself out there. America has become a place where everything around us is saying, don't put yourself out there. Somebody's going to hurt your feelings. Somebody's going to make a racist remark. Somebody is going to say something about how you live or what you look like or what you drink or how you live. Somebody's going to say something. Whether you're black or white. So don't put yourself out there. Can I tell you, it is one of the keystrokes of Christian compassion. That with God's help, you put yourself out there in love. You put yourself out there and serve. You put yourself out there almost to the point of being used. Knowing that God is watching on and he will not let your commitment to his cause fall to the ground that you and I will be rewarded in this life and even more in the other life. You can't fake his compassion. Remember my dad telling me as a young boy, son, you can fool all the people some of the time. And you can fool all of the people some of the time. But you can't fool all the people all the time. And you can't fool God anytime. Somebody's getting what I got. Here's what John 4 and 35 says. Do you not say there are yet four months, then comes the harvest? Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the field is white for harvest. There is a harvest of souls around you and many of them you cannot see. As a matter of fact, the adversary does not want you to see them in the spirit realm because if you did, you would pray more aggressively for them. It is the reason why Christians in America, so-called, are only able to pray 
in devotions between six and eight minutes a day. To the one who made you. To the one who who has been showing compassion. Walking besides our pain before we ever arrived. And all we can give him is six to eight minutes. And the research says, Pew Research Institute says, most of that prayer time is done on the run. So we give God kind of an Abel, uh, I mean a Cain kind of praise. We give him, we give him a prayer when we feel like without the reverence that he deserves, we just give him a prayer whenever we can. And we want compassion to reign in our life. Can I ask you this morning, have you talked to God about it? There is no doubt, Pastor, that the harvest in America and the rest of the world is ripe. Having a conversation yesterday, and what one of the things we, 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 we landed on was, you know what? Most of the time, I, I, I'm not out in the, in, the, in the marketplace mingling with people. So I, I can't, I don't really interact. But then, thank God that when I'm filled with the compassion of God, I can feel the pain, the anguish, the sin, the iniquity of people that I don't even know that I will never meet. And I can literally cry out to God for them without ever meeting them. Matthew 13 and 30. And this is, this, is, this is a heavy part here. Because this is directly connected to us. God talking. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at the harvest time, I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first. And bind them in bundles to be burned. But gather the wheat into my barn. Remember I said that if you don't have godly compassion flowing through you, you can't be a good harvester. And if you are unprofitable as a harvester, if you are unprofitable to God as a laborer, I'm not going to repeat it. It just said what's going to happen. You have rendered yourself eligible for the weed pile that will be burned. Because the greater reaper will pronounce judgment on the physical reapers. So it is your job and my job to function on the earth. As God's hand and feet. 
and be the laborers he can use to harvest on the earth. And if that is done in the right way, with a heart of love and compassion, then when he looks down at you, you will not be put in the pile that is useless. The last verse I want to read that we will close on is Revelations 14, 14. Then I looked and behold a white cloud and seated on the cloud one like a son of man or the son of man with a golden crown on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand. And another angel came out of the temple calling with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud. Put in your sickle and reap for the harvest hour to reap has come. The harvest of the earth is fully ripe. So he who sat on the cloud swung the sickle across the earth and the earth was reaped. Can I say to everyone listening to me, even on our streaming network, that you can't avoid the reaping. Your life will be reaped by God and it's going to fall in one pile or another after reaping. The sickle will come over and when the sickle passes over, the wheat will be subtracted from the tears or the weeds. And when that happens, there is no turning back. This is the time. If you are listening to me this morning and you have not committed your heart to God and said, Father, massage my heart. I, I, I don't even know what it means to serve you. But I want to know you. This is the time for you. But if you're like some others who have tasted of the goodness of God in your life, you have even made a commitment to God at one point or another, and now, for some reason that only you and God knows about, you have slackened your hold on eternal life. You have backed up. You have put, taken your hand away from the plow and turned in the other direction. God is saying, you still got time today. You still have time today. You still have time today. He wants to turn your life around. He wants to make you into a valuable vessel filled with his compassion so that he can use you without words Without words, without words, without words, you can impact the lives of so many people for the kingdom. Bow your heads with me.
Oh, Lord. We come admitting that we cannot produce compassion within ourselves. We can get close. We can be a Mahatma Gandhi who said, I'd rather die. Caring for those who can't care for themselves. We can be like Mother Teresa and want to involve ourselves so deeply in the anguish of others that we just get in there and without any care for our physical self, we try to help them. But that's not your kind of compassion. Your kind of compassion cries not just over the physical condition of others, but over the spiritual and eternal place in which they are heading. God, this morning, fill us with your compassion. 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 Fill us with your compassion this morning. Make us more like you. If you're here this morning, or you're watching us online, I want to lead you in a prayer of repentance that will put you back in connection with godly compassion and the loving kindness of our Father. Would you repeat after me, everyone? Dear Father, I come to you with my brokenness. I admit I have not made the great. I admit my life has been filled with iniquity and sin. But today, I bow my knees before you. I present everything of me to you. I ask you to forgive me and wash me and make me your child and give me eternal life. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me? Thank you, Jesus. 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 As we leave this morning, I don't want us to forget that Bible study continues on Wednesday nights. If you can't be here, we would love to see you if you can. Uh, but if you can't, please tune in with us on our streaming network. We want to see you on there sending us emojis of fire, saying amen, uh, letting us know that the word is going out. I think right now we are connecting with uh, uh, two to 2,500 people a week on our streaming network. And uh, it's, just a, it's just a blessing to know that each one of you are playing a part in that. Fathers, we leave this morning, guide our footsteps. Watch over your people. 
bring us, O oh God, into a deeper relationship with you. Protect us as we go to our homes. Cover our vehicles. Cover our homes. Provide for us, O oh God, as you've always been doing. We give you glory and honor and praise for being the God of compassion in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. It's been a pleasure having you here. Have a wonderful week. In Jesus' name.